Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 1030 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. And the Lord said to me this week in prayer, tell them, don't miss the move. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't miss the move. Luke 19, verse 41, when you have it, say amen. Now, as Jesus drew near, he saw the city of Jerusalem, and he wept over it. And he said, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. This is the people of God who had an appointment with God and they had a divine destiny in God. And Jesus drives into the city of Jerusalem on a horse and as he approaches the city, he looks at it and begins to weep. Why is he weeping? Because they missed the move. And today I want to preach for the next few minutes on the thought, don't miss the move. Everyone say, don't miss. Come on, everyone say, don't miss the move. Father, help me today to preach. Help me today to loose. Help me today, Father God, to pluck up and to plow up and to overthrow. And Father, I, I sense in this room right now the tension um, that some have in their heart because we, we often, Lord God, we want to preserve what has been, and in so preserving, we often miss what is supposed to be. So today, help us bury things that we need to move on from, and help us not to miss what is next. Help us to have discernment on the radar of the Spirit so that we know what you're doing, and we know what you're saying, and we don't find ourselves missing our day. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman of God, every family, every preacher that's watching me, every church connected to this house. Whatever you do, God, don't let us miss the move. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. So you preach something like this and it automatically gets a little bit heavy. And you feel the gravity of a subject like the one I've introduced to you today. But I want to tell you today that you and I have the responsibility of continually trusting and believing that the God we serve is a God who moves. I mean, we should never come to the place in our Christian journey where we think we serve a God who's some stoic, disconnected long-bearded, white-headed guy sitting in some far-removed corner of the universe who is aloof and disconnected and unconcerned with the affairs of this world and even unconcerned with the affairs of this life that we're living. God is a God who is very much engaged. He is a God who is very much connected to. He is a God who is very much intimately involved with the affairs of your life and mine and the nations of the world. God is a God who moved. Time will not permit me to preach of the times and ways that God has moved in history. Throughout history, the word of God is a catalog 
of this thing we call the move of God. And for those who say God doesn't move, you obviously forgot to read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters and God said let there be light and there was light for those who say God doesn't move you obviously forgot to read Genesis chapter 5 where the Bible says that every thought of every man was continually evil. Nobody did a righteous thing except one man named Noah who the Bible says found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And when it looked like the whole world was going to hell in a handbasket, God moved on the heart of one man. He told him to build a boat and Noah built an ark for the saving of himself, his house, and all of humanity. But the people who say that God doesn't move, you obviously didn't read First and Second Kings during the reign of a man named Josiah, who when the nation of Israel had abandoned God and forsaken his word and, and they had departed from the Lord and went chasing after other gods, God moved. And stepped into history and he touched the heart of a 16-year-old kid named Josiah who took the throne and led Israel after rediscovering the word of the Lord. And they repaired the temple of God and they reinstituted pure worship back to Jehovah. And it ushered in one of the greatest seasons in the history of Israel for those who say God doesn't move. You obviously forgot to read 1 Samuel about a man named David who was not a king at that moment. He was a shepherd boy running, running food to his brothers in the field. And your Bible says that Israel had a coward for a king named Saul. And there's a giant in the valley of Elah. And he is tormenting and taunting the people of God. And nobody wanted to fight him. And none of the Israelites wanted to fight the Philistines until one shepherd boy heard the defying taunt of a giant named Goliath. And instead of running for his life, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he would defy the Lord our God. And you know the story. When Goliath was almost 11 foot tall, David, just a shepherd boy, puts a stone in his sling and God started moving. And David said, you come giant against me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And he releases the stone and it sinks into the head of the giant and the giant falls dead and the Israelites chased the Philistines off the valley and the Bible gave, says that God gave them great victory that day. And when I flip over into the New Testament, the move of God continues. I see an aloof, an aloof Israel disconnected, living in darkness. The priesthood had become polluted. The people had become more political than prophetic. The nation was divided and in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the darkness God moved and the thunder before the rain the lightning before the storm came crying in the wilderness he did not come crying 
rejoice. He came crying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was not some priest out of Jerusalem that did the crying. It was a prophet named John the Baptist, Lord, I feel like preaching, who was clothed in camel hair, eating locusts and wild honey. He didn't come through the priestly, he didn't come through the priestly uh, uh, protocol of the day. In fact, he was prophetic and he announced something that was happening that would turn Jerusalem upside down. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that day, that man John was baptizing people in the river when up on the scene came walking a tall tan Galilean who had on leather leather, uh, shoes and John said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Can I tell you today that when Israel was in trouble, God didn't sit there. God moved. It's what God does. He doesn't ever have a moment when he's not in charge. He never has a day when he's not on the throne. He is a God of all power and God is a God who moves. If you believe it, say amen. Everywhere this man Jesus went was a move of God. The sick were healed. The lost were found. The broken restored. The captive set free. Mothers were given back their children. Homes were restored. Tax collectors got in on the move. Prostitutes got in on the move. If he were in this day and time, drug addicts would get in on the move. If he were living in this day and time, uh uh-huh, transvestites would get in on the move. Some of y'all can't handle the power of the gospel, but Jesus didn't come to rescue those who had all their religious ducks in a row. Jesus came for the most vile. Jesus came for the most screwed up. Jesus came for those who are hurting. Jesus came to save everybody. And I want to tell you right now, everywhere he went, people who weren't supposed to be apart got in on the move of God. But as I read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I see the Lord saving prostitutes, and I see the Lord saving the vilest of society, there were a group of people who did not get in on the move, and they missed the move. And it will blow your mind when I tell you who missed the move. It wasn't Zacchaeus. He got in on the move. It wasn't the woman who lost her son at Nain. She got in on the move. It wasn't even the evil centurion with a hard heart and led with an iron fist. No, no, no. The centurion bowed down and said, surely this is the son of God. No, it wasn't any of those people. I'll tell you who missed the move. It was the religious people who had the prophets and had the Torah and they had the Old Testament and they knew that he was coming and they prayed for his arrival and they wanted him to come. But when he showed up, they missed the move. This isn't even going to be a sermon today. It's a warning. It's a warning for people who've sat in church all their life. Many behind their face book pseudo name 
I'm going to say it today. I'm sick of them. These people that wreck and wreak havoc and bring division and they sit up with some pompous attitude and they call themselves an authority on something they've never even experienced. They point their long religious finger down the nose of a hungry generation and they say it doesn't take all of that and you can't really be having a move of God because it doesn't look like my move of God. You need to go back to an altar and you need to fall in love with Jesus again and you need to make up your mind that no, no, long, no matter how long you've been saved, there is more to God than you've ever seen. I was in prayer this week and I heard the Lord say to me, Jesus, the greatest enemy of what will be is the familiarity with what has been. Selah, the greatest enemy of what will be is familiarity with what has been. When I look at a weeping Jesus riding into a city and he's weeping, he's weeping because he sees a people who had a divine opportunity. They literally had a, an appointment on the calendar of heaven and they're supposed to be celebrating their king and instead they're planning his crucifixion and they're saying release Barabbas Set the murderer free. Kill Jesus. Why did they miss the move? I'll tell you why. It's the same reason many people in this generation are going to miss the move. Number one, because many times God moves through people that we were not expecting. I'm getting ready to make some enemies, but I got a few already and you don't intimidate me. I want to tell you right now that if you're going to get in on the move of God, you've got to have a heart that is sensitive and tuned in to what the Spirit of God is doing in the earth. A good prophet named Samuel almost missed the will of God because he looked at a little boy named David and said he's too small to be king. And the Lord had to rebuke the prophet and remind the prophet that I do not look on the outer, I look on the heart. And if you're going to know what God is doing in this hour, you better have more listen if you look to see if they have a blue check mark by their name before you listen to what they have to say you have already revealed spiritual immaturity that disqualifies you from knowing what God is up to in the earth the prophets of this hour are not necessarily not necessarily the most popular they are those who have been in a secret place with the Lord and if you are not careful you will miss the move the people in Jerusalem looked at Jesus they said this cannot be the Messiah because he's not over he doesn't have a machine gun he doesn't wield a big sword he's not overthrowing Rome he's coming in not on a white horse but on a donkey and he's talking not about authority but he's talking about humility he's not talking about a hostile takeover he's talking about the invasion of another kind of kingdom and they looked at him and they said this cannot be the king be careful that you don't miss the move because you don't properly discern people. 
Because I want to tell you right now that God is going to move in this last days through people you've never heard of, names you're not familiar with, movements that are not uh, household names yet. You better be careful that you don't write it off because it's not certified and verified on a social media platform. I'm telling you, God, I feel the Lord. God is going to raise up people in this hour with a word that will shake demonic principalities out of their place. I am sick and tired of trying to persuade crowds to believe that God is real because there is a people rising up that don't have to use persuasive words like Paul. They walk into a pulpit and they preach under the power of God and they stand up and say, I made a point not to come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with a demonstration of the power of Almighty God. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I don't want my faith in the wisdom of a man. I want my faith to rest on what God has done and is doing in our generation. Who he is and what he said. Somebody give him praise this morning. They looked at Jesus and they said, this can't be the Messiah. Oh God, it's going to be one of them Sundays. I want to tell you right now, you better be careful that you don't write off the move of God because the people God decides to move through. Peter almost missed the move of God in the book of Acts. At the lunch hour, he went up on top of a roof to pray. And out of heaven came a sheet. Read your Bible. Out of heaven came a sheet filled with all kind of unclean, unkosher things. And God told him to eat. And he said, not so. I'm a Jew of Jews. I'm kosher and clean, and I won't have anything to do with this unclean mess. Uh-huh. And, and again, God said to him, I said, eat. And again, Peter, the arrogant, pompous, self-righteous apostle said, oh, no, I'll never touch that which is unclean. And a third time, God had to tell him, eat. Finally, Peter said, I will not eat it. And the Lord said, how dare you call unclean what I? Y'all better pray for me because I'm in a mood right now to rebuke every religious, pharisaical spirit and tell these people who are holier than thou, you better work. You better remember it was the Lord that brought all of us out. None of us were born righteous. None of us can claim our own righteousness. My righteousness is as of a filthy rag. I'm only saved because of the blood. And God is raising up a people who will give him the glory. Not unto us, but unto you, O Lord. Be the glory forever and ever. Can I give you a news flash? Ready for this deep thought? You're not God. Well, I don't know if they're saved. Brother Kanye. I'm going to wait and see if he pans out. We're going to wait and see if you make it. We're not even sure you're saved. I don't know who we think we are to tell people, well, you're not quite there yet. You're not God. He's the one that saved us by the blood of his holy son. And I'm here to tell you right now, he's moving through people 
know and some you can't believe he would move through. I'm trying to calm down and I'm trying to not sweat but I feel like hollering today. We need to not miss the move. If you don't praise God, he'll still get the glory. Rocks will cry out in your place. Past week, I wasted my time for about three minutes. Dealing with a real piece of work on Facebook. I posted a video of our sons and daughters jumping for Jesus. Where's Jocelyn Rooks at? Stand up, Jocelyn. This is, this is our executive administrative assistant at the church. And she came up here, yo, yo, go, and we all going crazy. And some Pharisee said it looks like a bar. Now, I got a couple of people who said, don't even pay attention to them. I usually don't, but I got ticked off because they used my influence to chastise my spiritual children and to inform me that it looked like a bar. And the first question I want to know is, Sister Yeye, how do you know what a bar looks like? just glad they're not in a crack house. I'm just thankful they're not in a whorehouse. I'm just grateful that I feel like doing something crazy in here. Who do you think you are? And I guess I got a little too emotional because Two of them were my own children dancing. They're in a bar. Can I tell you something about this thing? Let me just explain this for some people in this room with the lights and this. I honestly believe light and, and presentation like this is actually scriptural. Have you read the book of Revelations? It doesn't say we're going to sit in a Pepto-Bismol pink room with home interior pictures on the wall of heaven and we're going to sit in our country blue chairs with mauve stripes and we're going to sing precious memories how they linger. My Bible said in the book of Revelation that there are thunderings and lightnings and seven stones of different color and there will be noise and voices and shouts. This is what heaven is going to look like. Well, I'm ready to preach now. Hallelujah. Brother Wallace, we're just here for a few weeks trying to discern how dignified you are. Let me just go ahead and help you save some time. 
Dignity is not at the top of my list. I am sick and tired of us trying to protect an ego that doesn't even matter. I say let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I say let the Lord be truth and every man a liar. Lift up the name of Jesus and let God use whoever he wants to use. Sit down. You got me in a mood now. We're fighting over people and we're going to miss the move. God's going to use some people. You know what I really believe? I believe you're going to get to heaven one day and look for some people you thought were coming. And you're not going to find them. And you're also going to look at some people who you thought were too screwed up to make it. And they're going to be the one at the front row of the throne. Hallelujah! I feel like crawling up on top of this pulpit when I think about the goodness of the Lord and all he's done for me. I've got to give him praise. Somebody do it right now. Hallelujah! Somebody give him praise in this house. got to go. Not only will they miss the move because they misjudged the wrong people, but they're going to miss the move because God often moves in different places. <laughs> I thought God would have started the move in Jerusalem at the temple. Nope, we're going to the wilderness for this move. I thought he would have chosen a priest to start the move. Nope, we're going with a prophet this time. I thought he would have had on a nice Madison Avenue suit and shiny shoes and a hard part. <laughs> Look in the part. Nope, this prophet's got on camel hair, eating locusts and wild honey. And here's what's crazy. You ready? I'm getting ready to blow your mind. Everybody left the city and went to the wilderness because they didn't want to miss the move. Okay. God is going to move in this day and time among people and in places where you didn't even know about. Never heard of them. Never heard of that place. Why would God move in various and different places than we're used to? Because some of the places, I'm thankful for the old wells that get redug. But sometimes, if you're not careful, people will start trusting in the land and lose their hunger for God. And I want to tell you right now, family, there's nothing more dangerous than people who think they're entitled to next because they've had it before. 
And just because God, I'm thankful, I still tell the story. I told it the last two, no, two nights ago to Corey Russell, who came and preached at Wild Ones. We sat in the back on our way out to service. He said, I talked to Damon Thompson this past week, and he told me this was the church where the 90-day revival broke out. I said, it is. And tears filled his eyes. And for 45 minutes, we talked about the 90-day revival and the move of God that happened and the lives that were changed and 1,100 people baptized and three blind people healed and marriages put back together and lives turned upside down. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because God did it in 2014 doesn't mean I sit on the front row every Sunday with some pompous, arrogant attitude thinking that I'm entitled to next simply because I have a place in the history of heaven. I will never and we will never simply become a place who is mesmerized by our history and think that it entitles us to something in the future. If you're not hungrier today for Jesus than you were five years ago when I give an altar call, you need to run to the altar and fall in love so that the place you planted your family can be a place where God moves in this hour. Say amen somebody. I preached in some of the greatest churches in America. And sometimes I go into those places and it's a mighty move of God. And other times I go in and I want to weep. Chris will tell you. I want to weep because you feel that arrogance in the atmosphere. We've had God before. This is a place where God has moved before. Can I tell you right now, it doesn't matter what we've experienced in our history. If we're not hungry for God, I need some hungry people in this church to understand that it is your current right now appetite for God that continues to make this a place where Jesus would come. Not only will people miss the move of God because it's not the right people. Not only will they miss it because it's not the right place. People will miss it because God decides to use a different procedure. <laughs> oh, I'm getting ready to get all up in your business now. It's like Noxema. It's coming up under the foundation. Getting it all down to the bare skin right here. We're coming up there today. Let me help you understand something. There are people in the church who are mesmerized by the way God moved five years ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. And anything happening today that doesn't look, what, look like what they loved 40 years ago, they immediately start criticizing it. Procedures. Um, this is not scripted, so give me, give me three guys. Come, come here, young man on the corner. Will you come help me preach? Yes, yes, come help me. And then Mark, come help me. And, and, and Nate, come help me. Would you come help me? You three, come stand up on the stage with me. And everyone say procedures. Can I tell you something about our God? He is ultra creative. I got four yeses and one amen out of that. I'm going to rewind it and give you another opportunity to receive what I just said because it is in the Bible. God is ultra creative. He is far too creative to get in a rut of predictability that would allow you to give the procedure the glory rather than God the glory. 
So in the Gospels, I took a little time to refresh my memory on this. In the Gospels, there were a whole bunch of different kind of sick people, but particularly for this story, for, for this message I'm preaching today, I'm reminded about the three different blind men in the Bible. One is in the book of John, one is in the book of Mark, one is in the book of Matthew. All three different men, all three blind. To the man in John's gospel, shut your eyes and act like you're blind for me, okay? Jesus bends over, spits on the ground, makes mud out of the dirt and the spit, and wipes it on his eyes. Now, you may say, Brother Wallace, um, I don't want you to rub mud on my eyes. Well, the reality of it is if you're blind, you don't even know what's getting ready to happen. Aren't you thankful for the things God hides from you? So he takes, close your eyes again, you're still blind, okay? He takes the mud, sorry, and he puts the mud on his eyes, and then he does a very crazy thing. He says, go to the pool. Okay, let me process this here. He's blind. Now he's got two mud spots, mud pies on his eyes. And you're going to tell them to go somewhere. <laughs> Anybody else find that troubling? <laughs> How did it get there? Doesn't say somebody held him and led him by the hand and took him there. How did the blind man with two mud pies on his eyes get to the pool of Siloam? The word Siloam means sent, S-E-N-T. And I found out that blind man can get to the place of breakthrough as long as Jesus is the one that sent them there. That's how some of you are getting ready to take your family out of the mess and the generational bondage that the enemy's trying to put on your life. And they're getting ready to live in a place of freedom that they've never known how. Not because you got it all together, but because you've been sent and commissioned to do it. It's not somebody telling you you're going to get there. The blind man got mud pies put on his face. Then in Mark, there's a blind man, shut your eyes. Come on, work with me here, okay? It's hard to find good help these days. <laughs> the blind man in Mark's gospel, Jesus touches his eyes. The blind, thank you, you got it. My God, that was great. The blind man in Matthew's gospel, Jesus spoke to his eyes. Three blind men, three different procedures. To one, he puts mud pies on his eyes. To the other, he speaks to his eyes. And to the other, he touches his eyes. And if I had time, I'd freak you out and tell you about the man, the other blind man in Mark's gospel, who Jesus spit on. And someone said, now let me tell you something. If you spit on me, you better be anointed and for real in touch with God. Because it's either going to start revival or we're going to have a fight. Okay, Jesus. Mud pies, spoke, touched. What's the point? Here's what we do in the kingdom. Whenever God moves, we start camps. The procedures camp. And there are the people who write the books about the mud pie, Jesus. Jesus. 
There are other people who write the book about the Jesus who spoke to the eyes. And there are other people who write about the Jesus who touched the eyes. And here's the point. Which one of them are right? And the answer is all of them. So the point is, stop acting like you're the only one who's right. Because they're, well, I'm not part of that camp. Well, we didn't ask you to be. We just asked you to appreciate the fact that God could move in some way other than the way you told us was the way God moved. There were people who went to church here until we started singing off a screen. Oh, Wallace, you know how to make everybody mad. There were people who went to church here until we started using a fog machine. Do you know how many people told me, if you'll turn that fog off, God will fill this place with real glory. I want to tell you right now, you don't even know what glory is. If you think God's intimidated by a haze machine, you're out of your mind. God doesn't care whether you have one or you don't. It's not my God. It's just another procedure. Get your eyes on Jesus and get them off the method. Methods change, but the message never changes. We get married to methods. And we demonize people who change methods. We get attached to styles. And we confuse our methods with God. Can I give you a newsflash? The people who get bent out of shape that you don't have a songbook in the back of your chair anymore? <laughs> Wearing somebody out today, I'm sorry. Can I tell you something? That songbook was new at one day and time. Do you know that the people who wrote those songs and many of the great hymns in those books were written by men who got born again in bars and saloons and they heard a tune but put new words to it? Y'all don't hear me. We are infatuated with make what makes us comfortable. We don't know how to adapt to what's next. And because we try to tell God the people to use and the places to go and the procedures to operate in, God is reminding the church, you're not him. You and I are not God. It is not our church. It is his church. This is why we go to churches. It's called homogenous church. You know what homogenization is? Anybody ever drink homogenized milk? If you've ever drank unhomogenized milk, you would remember it. It's curded and nasty. Why? Because it's not the same. It's what homogenized means. We have churches that are homogenous. Ready for this? Everybody in the church looks the same. Oh, God. Y'all better come rescue me because I'm getting ready to make 100,000 enemies right here. 
Everybody in the church looks the same. They all dress in the same suit. They all got the same hair color. They all eat at the same restaurant. They all wear Brute 33. All the women smell like Estee Lauder. Come on in here, y'all. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Everybody is the same. And the moment somebody comes in that don't fit in the dress that they use or the suit that they wear, the moment somebody comes in and doesn't know when to stand in deep theological thinking and reminiscent in their worship, and they oh come on, and they come in and they don't shout at the right time, and somebody walks in and they don't wait on somebody else to tell them to praise the Lord. You let one of them drug addicts come in that kind of environment, they disrupt the entire atmosphere because all they think about is that they were lost and Jesus. Jesus found them. I'm trying to wrap this up, but I'm trying to beat this thing until that spirit breaks off this region. I am sick and tired of trying to create a homogenous church experience where we're all from the same uh, socioeconomic place on the ladder. I'm telling you right now, there are people on welfare in this room. There are millionaires in this room. Black, red, yellow, white, Chinese, Korean, Caucasian, African-American. I say bring it all. God do something in the earth that looks like heaven on planet earth. Procedures. Procedures. If God does it any way different, you realize when we move, oh God, don't do this to me. When we moved downtown, I lost some very close people to me. They're probably watching right now. <laughs> we'll tick them off too. I love you. But I was told we can't go down there. Really? Tell me why. Because I don't know if I want my children to be raised in the inner city. See how comfortable it gets when a preacher tells the truth? This is why we have homogenous churches. Because we don't know how to bring the nations together. We have yet to realize and recognize that the kingdom of God is not your four and no more. And your mama and daddy and them and everybody else that's in your power cult you call a church. I came here and people said, you're going to lose certain people. Really? Is that all it takes? To get rid of the religious dry hearts and the people that don't understand the love of God? Is that all it takes moving downtown? We miss the move because he does it in a different way among a different people with different procedures. I'll close with this story. In the greatest transition of my life, the most significant decision I ever made to follow God somewhere, Devin and I, it was the hardest single moment of my entire life. On the front row, when we had pews, on a Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. on the front row, I was praying. And I won't go through the entire experience, but I will tell you on my knees in prayer, in agony over deciding to follow God. The Lord gave me 
One command and one promise. And he said to me, I want you to exit something that you love very much. And I want you to leave. And I wept and rolled in the floor and said, this can't be you, Lord. And after 45 minutes of praying in the spirit, God spoke to me. And it's a whole story I won't go into again. But I knew God had said to me, it's time to make the decision. Come to the piano and begin to play, please. First thing God did is he told me to exit. The second thing God gave me was a promise. And this is the promise he gave me. And I did not understand that day what this promise meant. And the longer I live and the more I experience and the more I see, the more I understand what God was saying. God said to me, Kevin, you do not understand what I'm doing right now. But streams will come together. That's all God said. I'm sitting on the front row getting ready to make the gravest decision in my life at that point. I'm waiting on an angel to come down and write it in the dark sky. And the only thing I get is a whisper from God. You do not understand it right now, but streams will come together. I wrestled and prayed and I asked God, what are you saying to me? And the Lord took me to Psalm 46, verse 4. There is a river whose Streams whereof make glad the city of God. I said, God, what is this? Streams coming together. He said, Kevin, I'm going to show you in the days to come. There are a lot of people who claim to be the river, but there is only one river that is made up of many streams. My point to you today is we are not the river. We are experiencing the river but we are just a stream that, that the river flows to. We cannot operate in the posture of pride. I have been surrounded before in my life seeing people who think what they're doing is the only thing God is doing in the earth. That's why you come here and you're like, well, is this a prophetic church or a gospel church or a, a Hillsong worship service or a Gaither vocal band worship service or is this a white church or a black church or a Hispanic church? Is this a Pentecostal church or non denom What is this? And you know what I say? <laughs> Praise God. We can't be defined by one of those things. Because not one of those things, not one of those things. See, I have a crazy heart and a crazy vision to see different streams come together. What if I told you that this room has enough room for people? <laughs> Y'all getting ready to go, what? people who vote Republican and people who vote Democrat. 
You say, Pastor, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with one or the other. I didn't ask you who you agree with. I asked you, is the bond of unity created by the person of Jesus greater than a political division that has been created by a spirit roaming this earth? There are people who are sitting in this room today, and I preach longer than I usually preach, but my God, had to get my soul free from the burden. There are people who are sitting in here who were raised in Presbyterian churches. And they walk in the first Sunday and they think, what in the name of Mike is that guy who looks like Jesus jumping around on the stage? What is he doing? There are other people who come from Boonchick Church. Y'all live for the praise break. You know what I say? It's the streams. They're coming together. What if we were a prototype for what God wanted to do in the earth? Because I can prove to you from Ephesians chapter 4, Jesus is not waiting on a timetable in Jerusalem before he returns. Paul said in Ephesians 4, he's waiting till we all grow up in the one man. Before we go up, we're going to have to grow up. And my concern for us and for anybody watching, and I'm done, you can stand. My concern today is that you not miss the move. For who can search the mind of the Lord? knows my will, says the Spirit of grace. Am I not the God who has purposed a thing from the beginning, and shall I not perform it? Who gives me counsel, says God? Who gives me instruction? For my ways are not your ways, says the Spirit of the Lord. The nations are striving, and chaos abounds, but I, the Lord, sit on the throne I am in control and my plan is perfect, says the Spirit of God. Trust me, I will hold your hand and lead you, says the Spirit of the Lord. I will even give you discernment for the times so that you will know what to do. Fear not, for I will go with you and I will be your God, says the Lord. Take courage, be strong in me, says the Spirit of grace. For I, the Lord, will be with you. Lift your hands and worship him in this room right now. Thank you, God. This is a move. This is a move. This is a move. 
this is say we need a move we need a move <laughs> we need a move if you believe that lift your hands and tell it in our life in our generation in our families we need a move of God move again Lord say we need a move we need a move of God we need a move of God in America come on family I'm hungry for a move of God about eyes closed. You're in this room today. You know you've heard about Jesus maybe your whole life. You know about who he is. You know about the Bible. You know about God. You know about church. But if the truth be known, you don't really know God. You know church, but you don't know God as your Savior and your Lord. And you're in this room today and you want him to come into your heart, rescue you, give you life, give you joy, give you peace. And you're ready for him to take your sin, your shame, your condemnation, and all the mess, and you just want a fresh start and a new beginning, and you want to be made new. I don't care how screwed up you feel and how messed up you think you are. If you're ready to step into the goodness of God and experience life on another level, I'm counting to three, and I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I need to get right with God. One, two, three, lift your hand right now. I see your hands. God bless every one of you who lifted your hand. Maybe you're away from God. Maybe you've known him, but today you're away from him. And you'll say, Pastor Kevin, I've known God, but I'm away from God, and I need him to come and rescue me today. And I want him to become Lord of my life again, and I need to make him king of my heart. Would you pray for me, Pastor? I need to get closer to God. If that's you, lift your hand when I say three. One, two, three. Right now, lift your hand. God bless you, everyone. 
Everyone look at me right now. This is how we do it in this house because I, I recognize it's a big room. There's a lot of people, and I don't want you to feel afraid or intimidated by the size of the room. I want you to look at the person on your left and right. Maybe you've known them your whole life. Maybe you never met them before today. But I want you to ask them one simple question. Just ask them as, a, as an extension of the love of Jesus. Would you like someone to go to the altar and pray with you today? And if you lifted your hand at all, or you know you should have, when that neighbor asks you if you need someone to come down to the altar, I want you to shake your heads yes. They're going to come with you, and I'm going to meet you right here. Pastors from this church are going to come pray with you, and we believe Jesus Christ is going to invade your heart with his love and change your life. Ask your neighbor right now, do you need someone to pray with you in the altar? And if you lifted your hand, there's a whole bunch of people coming right here. If you lifted your hand or you should have and you want to give your life to Christ, come on, y'all. People are coming from all over the building. I wish somebody would celebrate. God bless you because they're still coming. Come on. This is why we came to church today. Come on. They're coming from everywhere. I don't want religion. I don't want religion. I want Jesus. Come on. Come on. He loves you with an everlasting love. Anybody else? God bless you, pal. Come on. I don't want to leave like I came. Come on. I want Jesus to take control and live in my heart if that's you. Come on. They're still coming. Somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise. Come on. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. stretch their hands toward the precious brothers and sisters that are here. Chris, come help me right here, sir. Right there on the end, there's some brothers that need prayer. Stretch your hand toward them, please, and pray for them like you wish somebody would have prayed for you the day you gave your heart to the Lord. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now if you believe that sing at the cross where I first saw the light There by faith, I received my sight. Let's sing it one more time at the cross. Come on.
Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, praying for our new brothers and sisters, those who've come back to you, those who've come to you for the first time. I pray for the grace of your son Jesus to be multiplied to every heart in life. I ask you now, God, to give them strength to walk every day for you and to live in your victory, Lord. I pray you'll give them peace that passes understanding. I pray you'll give them joy for this journey and every step that they take, may you order it, God. May it lead to life everlasting. Tonight, today, I pray, oh God, for this church that we will not miss the May we never chase fads. May we never chase the next wave of church procedure. May we spend our lives pursuing you, Lord Jesus. May your presence fill this place and every heart. And may your presence be what we build our lives around. I pray today, Holy Spirit, for the move of your, of your power and presence to just take this house from glory to glory. We need a move. We need a move. America needs a move. Don't let leaders can you pray with me right now for Christian leaders? I'm talking about leaders of movements, denominations. Can we pray before we leave today that they won't miss the move? Come on, pray just for a moment, would you? Lord, so many people in your kingdom who are looking beyond what you're doing and they're missing it because it doesn't look like their box. It doesn't look like their package. I pray for leaders today, God, that they'd get so full of hunger for your move and so exhausted and fed up with religion. Let them hunger for you until your spirit baptizes them in fresh power. Take and tie your denominations and pour your spirit out upon them, I pray, oh God. Send a move. And don't let us miss the move. How many don't want to miss the move of God, what he's doing? And no, don't, don't clap. Just lift your hands. I want to pray over you now. Lord, I pray we'll not miss the move because we're looking at the wrong people, looking at the wrong places, trying to do it with old procedures, trying to make you do it the way we like you to do it. Lord, give us a heart to see that your move is dynamic and it is, while you never change, your methods are always changing. And as the church empower us with the Spirit of God, in fact, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, if you will listen and hear my voice, you will not miss the harvest. We don't want to miss the harvest, God. How many don't want to miss the harvest? Jesus, give us harvest and give us hearts for harvest. And may we never, ever get married to methods 
and infatuated with our procedures. May we always have a heart to move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Lord. Don't let us miss the move. In Jesus' name. I want them to sing that again. If you just want to stay for a moment and pray, I want you to. And if you have to leave, we understand Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're going to have signs and wonders, and it'll be powerful. Fast and pray with us over the next three days. Draw closer to God. Miracles happen when you... We love you, church. Just pray as long as you need to pray. Miracles happen when you